0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Thursday, February 13th, 2020. I am your host, Will Hunter, joined by my co-host, joined by my uh optimistic co-host, yeah. excited and optimistic co-host, Matt Sheehan. Yeah, why not? Matt, what's up?
1: Ah, oh, just being jazzed over here, Will. This is a <laughs> great day. Just another great day to be a Spartan, you know? It's easy to get used to these days, isn't it?
0: I should have thought of a better adjective, but... As you and I were just discussing before we started recording, I'm gassed today. Totally just gassed. I'm pooped, and I can already tell at least
1: one time this podcast, I will start a rambling sentence with no end in sight, and then probably just stop <laughs> somewhere and being like, where was I? Yeah, I, my, my brain is completely <laughs> fried right now, so yeah. let's
0: do this, Will. Let's just go for it. I, I was just writing, so I've I've written, I told you six things today, some of it like. Uh, Reporting ish type stuff. Some of it longer opinion pieces. I wrote a big thing on Spartans Wire about my reaction to Mel Tucker and how he fits, uh, and just all that's going into this hire. And so, just between those six things, staying up super late to do the podcast, um, you know, tweeting all day, researching, looking up stuff. Um, Twittering like, is taxing, man. I'll tell you, it's it it's is. T- it's and tough out here in the streets, Will. <laughs> When it's part of the job, like, uh, I should probably find an interesting factoid about Mel Tucker's uh, salary to tweet out to the masses. How does this compare to SEC salary? Like, stuff like that, mm-hmm. where you're just like, let me find some information, some tidbits um, while I'm working on stories, and, like, just, it's, like, researching, and it doesn't seem like it should be hard. It's not physically taxing, but you no. hit a point where your brain's just like, enough thinking, you're done thinking for the day, <laughs> and I have hit it. Yeah. Yep. So we're going to talk about um, Mel Tucker's uh, press conference. We're going to talk about some of his contract details, uh, some news that has shaken out with assistant coaches, um, both leaving Michigan State, potentially coming to Michigan State. That's a very, very big story that is probably getting lost in the wash. And then if we have some time, we'll go over some expectations. Um, We might save some of this uh, for tomorrow, depending on how long we run, uh, because segment three, Matt, You sat down or I guess had a phone call with uh, Benny Fowler, Mm -hmm. Michigan State, former Michigan State wide receiver, uh, current NFL wide receiver, although I think he's a free agent right now, but has played in the NFL since uh, 2014, Super Bowl champion, uh, maker of many big moments during the 2013 Rose Bowl season. Uh, You sat down with him to talk about his new book uh, and some Michigan State stuff as well. So we got that coming for you uh in segment three so that'll be a good <laughs> content relief for us like we only have to do two segments something to mix it up yeah no it was, it was yeah. awesome talking to
1: Benny too he, he was he was great give me a lot of good stuff so yeah
0: yeah and uh on tomorrow's show we will have Darian Harris uh we're just racking up the former players uh Darian's gonna come on and, and talk about uh MSU football where things are at uh he does a really good job um, yep. as you would expect with everything he's accomplished in his career, uh, breaking down, paying attention, he's locked into MSU football and really knows his stuff. And is a, a good dude, uh, and we're looking forward to talking with him and we're going to try to, uh, get him a job on the MSU staff. I'm all in, I'm all in on that. <laughs> we're going to see what we can do to get Darian on the MSU staff. Uh, so look for that tomorrow. Um, yeah. But yeah, today, Mel Tucker uh, and then Benny Fowler to finish up the show. Render to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked On Spartans wherever you get your podcasts. We do this every single day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt. Will. We had the biggest day ever in Locked On Spartans history yesterday um, by a good margin. We've had some big shows the last two weeks, as you would expect, and really, it's not us; it's what's going on around us. Oh come on! Oh, sure, it is. I don't, come on. I don't think we're charming I don't people. Think, I don't think we've done anything special or been <laughs> as exceptionally great. Um, but when news gets big like this, uh, people wanna, you know, consume content. Yeah. And yesterday, uh, just the day was huge for us. Um, and from both of us, we can't thank you enough. It's wild. That people, <laughs> it
1: really is that, when you think about it. Yeah, like yeah, people that, actually that many people. value our opinions and come to us when they want to hear opinions on MSU Sports. That is just unfathomable, especially considering
0: how wrong
1: I am uh, on Twitter. <laughs> all so, the time, yeah, man. which is, hey, that's 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 power to you people. So, no, yeah, thanks a lot. So, though. Really appreciate thanks so it. much.
0: Yeah, thanks so much to all of you who've been checking out the show. Uh, got a lot of people, new listeners, um, have that have reached out. We really appreciate uh, all of you guys hope you stick around uh and continue to listen to the show. All right, that's a long intro, although we got into some stuff in the intro. Let's uh let's talk about that introductory press conference, Matt. That was um an exciting moment uh for Michigan State Athletics. Uh just It was. You know, I I, I don't I don't care what coaches say. <laughs> like everyone says we're going to be the most well-conditioned, we're going to be physical, we're going to play fast and be aggressive. Like it, there's a checklist. Yep. Um but it was certainly a, a big moment. Um this is kind of a pivot point for the Michigan State football program where and we'll talk about it like some big investments are being made, some big swings are being taken to get this program to uh the next level and oh, yeah. you could feel that uh today definitely
1: and part of the entertaining part of the press conference was when on earth is Mel gonna speak because we started I, who do who <laughs> we start we started with President Stanley Stanley then a board of trustees board then of we chair? went to Izzo and then we went to Beekman and then we went to Izzo and then we went to uh Mel Tucker's His, wife like we man. went all over the place it's like is, is Mr. Tucker gonna speak tonight uh, yeah so no it was it was good It was great. Antoine Simmons uh, did a great job speaking on Mm -hmm. behalf of the players, too. And that's a tough spot to be in for that kid because, let's be honest, yeah, he met Coach Tucker a little beforehand. He doesn't really know the guy, though. No. he, he doesn't know him outside of like what could have been no longer than an hour-long meeting. I'd probably put it somewhere closer to 15 or 20 minutes, honestly. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he did a great job speaking for the players. And the one thing that stuck out to me from uh, Antoine Simmons' speech was that it was a very intense meeting with uh, Coach yes. Mel. How do you find a way to make a little introduction thing, quote, intense and already had a twinge of fear in your players' hearts? I don't know, but dang it, Mel, you did it. And uh, I'm already in on this guy. I'm all in on this guy. And I think Antoine is. And I think a lot of these players will be. So
0: Yeah. you. So the Michigan State football posted a really cool video of him walking sort of through facilities. Loved it. Into the football center and then into the meeting room. Where the team was waiting, um, gave him a nice standing ovation, and he went down the line and dapped up some of the players. Um, and yeah. you could tell there was some excitement in the room, and you know these guys certainly love Mark Antonio. Yeah, yeah, and just the respect is obvious there, in how much they are going to miss him and are appreciative of them. We know that that is from every from players that have been kicked off of Mark Antonio's teams. You sure. get that same message. It's wild, but. There's just sort of that I don't know if it's like a new car smell type thing where it's just it's something different it's energy man it's, it's just, yeah, yeah it's a new energy it's like we're meeting something new what's the vibe gonna be like mm-hmm. and I think yeah, you said it well um he made an impression and it's funny because we're we're going through the the presser and and Tucker um is speaking and he's going off prepared notes and he was very deliberate. Um, it seemed like he was a little bit nervous. Like he, this was a big moment. It seemed like for him, he got emotional yeah, at it, a couple it, 100% points, a hundred percent emotional. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and so there was sort of like slow speaking, very deliberate. And then you could tell there would be moments where he would go off the cuff just a little bit, like get out of introductory yeah. press conference mode and sometimes answering questions and he'd start hitting the table and stuff. And like, you heard the coach voice, like. Oh yeah. We're going to regroup. Yeah. And, like I we just saw those glimpses and I'm sure that that uh meeting with the team, that first meeting was a lot of hey. We're doing this. This is we're coming here and we're doing it big and we are going to go like crazy and like you could just tell like that is a a fiery dude and Mhm. I don't know. You
1: could even tell, like, in the the, because after the press conference, he had like a little scrum with the media where it's like a little more informal chat. Yeah, you're still in front of cameras and whatnot, but it's still a little less informal. He seemed way more comfortable in that setting, like, you you know, not behind a podium, but just like talking to other guys and just there's a lot of people there too. (laughs) Chit chatting, like, I mean, he seemed pretty comfortable in that regard. So, and if if you don't mind, like, just to rewind back to that energy thing, like, I, I think a good. Portion of it and what's healthy too is the reaction to just from everything outside of the football building, too, whether it's like uh respected journalists, whenever it's people on the radio, perhaps people online, just fans like us. Everyone seems to be pretty behind this. The only people that seem to think that this is a bad hire are the troves of fans from other schools that keep <laughs> claiming that they're definitely not scared which the best way to prove someone that you're not scared is to keep telling them how not scared you are. So that's really the only people that I've seen come out and drove saying that this is a bad hire. Other than that, anyone that wears green and white, I feel collectively, of course, you're going to get some people that aren't all in, which is fine. No one's ever going to like everyone. But I feel like collectively, the majority is digging this Tucker guy, and I think that energy is kind of filling into East Lansing too. It's, It's not like this is some small thing. No. I, I think that has hit. You saw like a tidal wave, and everyone knows that, even down to the players. I'm assuming. I don't think I'm stretching too far, assuming that. These players no, are I, online.
0: Yeah. And I, I think we saw the reaction online. A lot of the players were really fired up. Yeah. Um, posting videos from him dancing in the locker room at Colorado. And just, I totally get Colorado fans. They have every right to be upset right a uh, hundred thousand trillion percent yes yeah they're totally good but just if you want to kind of get a feel of what he meant in Colorado for one year like look at the reaction look at how upset good. and like it's, it's a tough move business is business he by by his account and by actually a lot of accounts um he really wanted this Michigan state job in Michigan State opted to pursue fickle as its primary option and then circled back to him once that fell through but the entire time he was still you know wanting to get this michigan state job yeah um because you know no offense to colorado it's just a different level um you know colorado is at best contending for a division title in the pac-12 maybe um yeah
1: that's a really at best scenario yeah yeah
0: it's just they're kind of in in the pac-12 doesn't have a ton of money and it's it's a the entire conference, it's tough right now for them financially. Um, they do well recruiting, but it's just they're not piecing it quite together there, except for like Oregon. Yeah, unless <laughs> and, you have Phil Knight, you know, in, in you your corner. That, that works.
1: <laughs> but yeah, for the schools but that don't.
0: it's He can look at Michigan State and be like, yeah, they went to the playoffs. They won the Rose Bowl. They won the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, it's been down the last few years, but <laughs> pretty recently, they've mm-hmm. been at the heights of college football. Um, and yeah, it's tough, certainly tough for Colorado, but if you want to just know how much, like I said, how much he meant to them, look at the reaction. They are furious, devastated, upset, worried about their program because they really felt like they had something special. And then yeah, business is business and that's a tough break for them. Um, but they see that light head to East Lansing and they just turn to rage understandably um, not criticizing any of the reactions unless it gets into really gross stuff. Sure. Um, but yeah, that, that I think says a lot <laughs> when the fan base is that upset to the point where they're like, just finding any mention they can to be mad about it online because, um, yeah. because of how much he meant to them just in one year. Let's uh, let's pause here for a sec. We'll come back and talk about uh, more stuff. Uh, we got salary figures, Matt. We should talk about that. The dollars. Nice. So, Michigan State, uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for here, Matt?
1: Is it a big old Brinks truck? Is it that? Is that the one you're looking for? It
0: is. Backed up the Brinks truck. (laughs) Back it up! So, we've got uh, reported, first by Larry Lage from the AP, although we had some figures, um, Hondo who, credit to Hondo, was the first one to report this. We didn't even know until, like, this morning that Hondo actually had it, like, 10 minutes before Bruce Feldman. Uh,
1: <laughs> I know. I kind of knew got, that last night, to be honest. Oh, I you did? Like, I didn't know that.
0: I, I did, and I saw that. Oh,
1: you're I'm, terrible. I'm, oh, I, oh, I am. No, no, <laughs> I am. But, okay, so I read I Like, I shrugged my shoulders. Okay, I got to say more so because, like, I, I fell for the whole sources things, you know, with the whole yes. thing. I wasn't going to believe anyone until I saw... I had coach at the podium at the introductory (laughs) press conference. So that's anyway.
0: Yeah. I mean, Hondo is a team specific, um, whatever blogger, reporter, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Bruce Feldman is a national college football writer for the athletic, one of the biggest sports writing companies in the country. Correct. There's just a different level of trust there. So, Um, But both those guys had details in there that it would be a near doubling or a doubling of Mel Tucker's salary from Colorado. And we've got from Larry Lage uh, of the AP reported it, confirmed by Bill Beekman, five years or six years, excuse me, six years, $33 million, $5.5 million per year for Mel Tucker. That is a lot of money, Matt. How how could he leave Colorado at this time? Get out of here. Anyone shows up to your house with a
1: Brinks truck with all that money. Are you kidding me? You do the same thing. Get out of here. Get over yourselves. Be adults about this whole thing. Of course he was that's, coming here.
0: That's the one thing. I totally get the emotional response. But me, I'd be like, Okay,
1: (laughs) like, yeah, I get the I get the response from like Colorado fans and Colorado players, but everyone in the media being like, oh, how could he do How could Michigan State do this? (laughs) Yeah. How could Michigan State hire a head coach? How could the head coach take doubled salary for him and his assistants? Like what? When are we going to start talking about this like adults? This isn't La La Lam. This this is actual money, actual people. Of course, he's going to do what's best for him.
0: It's like it's (laughs) like Saban leaving MSU for LSU. Of course, your like Michigan State fans still are angry at Saban about that, but it's an obvious decision for Nick Saban to have done that. No, not even in retrospect. I I don't even care
1: about it. Like (laughs) there are people still been out of shape and that's fine. Everyone have their own emotions, but dude, you gotta take care of yourself, man. And 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 that's what he did, that's what Saban did, that's what Tucker just did, and that's what you sit down because I'm about to shock you. This is still gonna continue to happen as yeah.
0: long as sports are a thing. <laughs> so start um, to get comfortable with it. So and, and you know what if in 3 years things are booming at Michigan State and Texas says, "Mel, we'll give you 8 million dollars a year, 9 million dollars a year to be our coach." And Michigan State is like, "Well, we can't do like, you know what? Business is business, man. Like it's money how the world works, I'm sorry. Money uh, yeah. talks. And like yeah, it's a doubling of his salary. Um so that number uh, compared to the 2019 coaches' salaries in the Big Ten would be fourth. Um, Harbaugh's number one at over $7 million. Uh, James good Franklin's value. at five point nice. six. million. Good value, good value. Um, and Jeff Brom made $6.6 6 million, but that is because he signed that extension after flirting with Louisville and they gave him a bunch of money up front there. Um, he will drop back down into like the $4 million range. Uh, and his average annual value... Is lower than Mel Tucker. So Mel Tucker will be the third highest paid coach in the Big Ten and somewhere between like 12 and 15, because at Orgeron got a raise, um, probably around 15th in the country in terms of head coaching salary. And the assistant salary pool is gonna be somewhere around six million dollars, which will put you know Michigan State, um, they'll be I think so five his five and a half plus the six million dollar would be more than Penn State paid their entire coaching group last year. It would be um, just below Michigan because Harbaugh's freaking $7 million. It'll be right in line with Ohio State because Ryan Day only makes $4.5 million right now. So in every sense of the, the word, uh, Michigan State is competing with Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan from a financial standpoint and paying their coaches and paying their assistants that is massive Matt.
1: yeah i mean and that's what you have to do and i love and of course there's no guarantee that this is going to work but i'd nope. rather of course go out swinging yes. just going for it than just hiring the safe option <laughs> you know what they say and this is this is the the rally cry from the basketball team last year scared money don't make no money baby and this was mm-hmm. not a scared money move they're just going for it <laughs> And it's also not my money, too, so that makes it easier to say. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's it's great that they're putting their big boy pants on and showing the world that, yeah, uh, we're going to take this football thing a little more seriously uh, now. So, hey, yeah. hopefully
0: it works out. One thing um, – so the, the next thing we look at is staff. He's got to assemble a staff. Uh, Ron Burton, defensive line coach, has taken a job with Indiana – Um, Terrence Samuel, former receivers coach, then assistant defensive backs coach for one year, um, has taken the receivers coach slash passing game coordinator job at UNLV. So it's pretty clear and losing Burton's tough. Um, he's one of D'Antonio's best hires, did a really good job, had a lot of really good football players on that defensive line over the years. One thing is kind of uh, showing itself here, Matt. Um, what's that? Will? they're moving on from is that from right the old guys. Is, is, is
1: that where you're getting all right
0: yeah um mm. we'll see what shakes out if anyone does stay if there are any holdovers um but guys are starting to find new jobs and it looks like that six million dollars is going to be going uh elsewhere and one person it could be going to and this is really big and it's probably not going to get talked about a ton um, but we're going to talk about it here is this offer that Michigan State has made to the tight ends coach of Kentucky.
1: Well, mm-hmm. I think it is getting talked about a lot, to be honest. <laughs> it this was, is a but, big splash.
0: So it, it was, and it'll shake out like in the Kentucky like insiders of Michigan State, mm-hmm. like the rivals and the message boards and the people who are really in there. Yeah, it will. But like, if you turn on ninety-seven one, you're probably not going to hear a, a darn thing about it. You're not. Oh, gonna read about you'd it be the surprised. Play. They were oh, talking really? about him quite a bit today. Yeah, they really? they really were. They really were. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. That's you know what. Good. They yeah. Should sure talk is. about it. Yeah. Um. So his name is Vince Maro. Maro. Sorry. Uh. Kentucky associate head coach and tight end recruiter. Um. Did you happen to see his nick? Excuse me. His nickname, Matt. No, sure didn't. His nickname is the Big Ten Killer. Oh, I like that. Get him here, three million a year. Get him for his (laughs) propensity to go into Michigan, to go into Ohio, to go into Pennsylvania, to go into Indiana, and take the very best players from Michigan, from Notre Dame, from Penn State, from Ohio State. Uh, You don't have to look much further than Justin Rogers, top twenty, top. uh, I think he ended up like fifteenth in Rivals. Um, Five star recruit, best player in the state of Michigan, goes to Kentucky. Uh, You don't have to look much further than Vince Merrow uh, for that. He is a very good friend of Mel Tucker's. Uh, He is an ace recruiter. He is going to be, if Michigan State can steal him, the lead recruiter. And like pairing someone like that with that ability to recruit and someone like Tucker with his ability to recruit, like, holy crap, Matt.
1: And the offer on the table reportedly yes. would make him yes. one of two of the highest-paid non-coordinators in college football. Mm-hmm. Will, can we just fast? I mean, not fast forward. Can <laughs> we rewind three days ago? I thought MSU's program was dead in the water. They were staring yes. at hiring Brett Bealmer or Chris Creighton at well, let's call it two, three million dollars a year. Yep. Will, will. Today, they have a coach that's making f few money and they're spending like an SEC team. Like, what? I, I still can't even wrap my head around this right yes, now. This is insane. Even let's say, OK, let, let's say the, the Big Ten killer stays at Kentucky. Yep, OK, sure. I, I wish him well. That's great. Well, the offers on the table, man. Like this is like we're still talking about this. Like we, we are at the High Rollers Club now. Yeah. I, I, I I'm, I'm so beside myself and I still really can't even comprehend this. Because I thought this was all dead two, two, three days ago.
0: Well, we're yeah. balling out here, man. This is great. This is fun. I'm having fun again. Um, so, uh, oh no, Tony, Tony, or sorry, um, I'm just trying to find. So there's Tony Elliott, Jeff Scott, both at uh, Clemson, who make a million dollars. Then Brent Venables makes two point two million. Um, I think one of them is the other one that makes a million dollars as a non-coordinator. I'm not Got totally okay. sure. I think it's at Clemson. But yeah, Michigan State, um, Merrill makes $600,000 at Kentucky right now, which is a nice salary. That is very uh, nice. You know what a better salary is? Is a million dollars, Matt. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah.
1: Add a, add a few more numbers to that, and that's nice. Matt, that's absolutely it's wild. insane to think about. But it's honestly, wild. it's worth it. The, the, the guy gets you into any recruit's house. And not and only he, that. And he wins them. But he walks out with a commitment when he enters those houses. Like, it's, oh, man. this. And I'm trying not to get too excited about it, believe me. like I'm trying to level set here. Will, will Kentucky match? Honestly, probably. I don't think Kentucky has any money shortage. I don't think mm-hmm. they've had telethons anytime soon. I think they're doing okay in the financial department. So will they match something? Sure. But the fact that they had to get Mark Stoops home one day early for yeah. vacation to yeah. try to talk to him shows you exactly like how serious this really is. Like you had to get your head coach back stat to sit down and try to convince him like just a simply matched offer sheet wasn't enough. Like I'm sorry but I, I trying to stay calm and cool about this is getting
0: a little hard now now that that information's also out there. Yeah, this is a guy who Jim Harbaugh tried to hire when he got hired at Michigan, he tried to take him um and he stayed at Kentucky instead of going to work for Harbaugh at U of M. Um, Shame. I'm totally blanking on his name. It's Ari something. He writes for the athletic. Uh, Oh, I know you're talking about. It's the Ohio state guy, right? Yeah. He writes for Ohio state and the athletic. And he wrote like, there was a big write up on this guy. um, And he said, I would give, I don't like, I would give my life. I would give a year off my life if I was Mm -hmm. Jim Harbaugh to get this guy on my staff talking about Vince Merrill. How about just one million dollars? Does that come as a year of your life or, or no? And, and Michigan State, Michigan State is making a run at an assistant coach like that, who's not even a coordinator. That is wild. I don't even know what he's like. What are they going to do for offense and defensive coordinators? Like, it's it's exciting to see this kind of. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming.
1: Yeah. It's it's very hard to comprehend as like a lifelong state fan and you know what, maybe you're not a lifelong state fan. Maybe you've just been a state fan for three days. Maybe you've only been a state fan ever since Chris Creighton or Brett Vilma was a very real possibility
0: <laughs> for this program. Like This is still just wild to see MSU just swinging with the heavyweights here. It is. Um, and that is, like I've been saying a ton, um, that is the most exciting development in all this is that Michigan State is finally spending – like the big dogs and trying to establish something in terms of recruiting and getting this freaking things going. Um, like Michigan, like Ohio state, like Penn state. Um, and that's really exciting. We'll see if it works out. We don't know if it's going to work out, but it's fantastic that they're going for We're it.
1: We're at least having the conversation, which seemed unfathomable, uh, yeah. three days, three years ago, you know, I mean, any time, pick a time in MSU history, pick it.
0: (laughs) All right. We're going to pause here. When we get back, it'll be Matt with Benny Fowler. Uh, You guys talk about his book, um, Silver Spoon, uh, about work ethic, grinding, uh, being a Spartan dog, all the things Benny knows about. um, And you get into some of the details in that and talk about football as well, so Um, we'll come back and you will hear that interview from uh, Matt talking to Benny and then we'll say goodbye. Joining me and I'm trying very hard not to geek out right now
1: because on the other end of this phone call, we have Rose Bowl champion, Super Bowl champion, Spartan legend, one of my favorite MSU players of all times, to be honest. And now a new author, Benny Fowler. Benny, how on earth are you doing, man?
2: I'm doing great, man. I am doing so good. Thank you for that great introduction. I really appreciate that. I uh, appreciate you being a fan of mine and uh, just glad to be here uh, on your podcast. Uh, just, to you know, talk about the book and talk about some other great things.
1: Of course, man. Of course. So this is actually the first time I've interviewed a former player on this podcast. How nervous should I be exactly right now?
2: You shouldn't be nervous at all because okay. me and you are the same. We're both human beings, you know, both looking to You know, spread awareness, uh, you know, give people something to, you know, listen to. So you shouldn't be nervous at all.
1: I'll take that answer. I love that. Did you like talking to the media when you were at State or when you were in the NFL? Were you comfortable with the whole interview thing back then?
2: Uh, Well, I'm still playing. um, But, uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm comfortable with the media. But uh, I do not share things as much with with them because, you know, they're trying to poke at things, trying to figure things out. Instead of asking me about, you know, this is, you know, we're going to talk about who I am as a person and break things, you know, they don't necessarily care about that. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) So
1: as we said earlier, you have a new book out, Silver Spoon. Basically, I know this is a super broad question, but really just what's that book all about and what got you into uh, writing that?
2: Uh, It's about achieving success. Uh, It's, you know, I call it Silver Spoon, the imperfect guide to success. And it's, you know, it has just so many principles of, of the right principles to achieve success, so goal setting, uh, handling adversity, handling success—you um, know, just like not a blueprint, but you know, it's it's a self-actualizing book, and it helps people realize that they have all the qualities and capabilities within them already to achieve success. And I have, you know, just a lot of different people, you know, such as Draymond Green, Darquez, Dennard, two Spartans. Uh, as well as myself. We all come from different backgrounds, but we all have some of the, the same characteristics when it comes to achieving success, as well as I have some entrepreneurs in there from Michigan and uh, across the world, uh, just so people understand that this is not just a sports book, but this is a book that can relate to all people.
1: That's awesome, man, for sure. So have you always wanted to write a book or was there like an event in your life where you said this needs to go in a book and it spiraled from there? or How did this all even come together in the first place?
2: Uh, <clears throat> after talking with some friends and some family and, you know, just all the things that I've been able to accomplish from an uh, individual standpoint, but as well as a team standpoint, uh, why not write it into a book? A book is something that will last forever, that will be here forever. And, you know, I'm trying to create a legacy and a legacy, um, you know, as a good person, not just an athlete. So uh, I wanted to get into that space, and I love reading, and I've uh really into reading uh, when I was at Michigan State. Uh, starting early in my career and just, um, you know, just learning a lot about different people, different journeys. And uh, that's the reason why I wanted to write one.
1: And you said earlier that you've talked to a lot of people, athletes, entrepreneurs. Is there any one person that was the most fascinating person to talk to when it came to writing this book?
2: Uh, When you talk to those entrepreneurs, yeah, yeah. When you talk to those entrepreneurs, it's, you know, there's a couple of different people in in uh, that space uh, in my book. Uh, I enjoy talking to them, to them the most because I'm not, uh, I, well, I'm de- developing a business now, but I am not necessarily an entrepreneur just yet. Gotcha. And just to see that, you know, they go through some of the same things, you know, ad- ad- adversity, insecurities, doubts that, you know, everybody else does, but they're, they're willing to go for their own dreams and, go after their desires because they want to create their own business and they don't want a boss. So, uh, you know, just talking with those guys.
1: And what, is, what's the best way for someone to get their hands on this book? Uh, what, what avenues are, are you going down where are you selling this?
2: Uh, it's, it'll be sold on, on it's being sold on Amazon and Kindle. Um, awesome. If people are in East Lansing, uh, I will be doing a book signing in East Lansing this Friday from 10 to 12 at the Campus Bookstore, and then I'm doing one at SBS the following day from 1 to 3 right before the Maryland game.
1: Love it, man. Talk about the grind. I love it. That's great. Oh, yeah. Okay. And if you don't mind just the shift into football talk, and not just football talk, but, I mean, obviously one of the biggest stories around campus lately is Mark D'Antoni retiring. I mean, when you got that yeah. news, what's just your first thoughts when, when that comes across your phone or when someone tells you or however you, you heard the news?
2: Uh, hell of a career. It yeah. was a hell of a career. Uh a great man, a great person. Uh I you know, I thanked him for the opportunity for him recruiting me to Michigan State for all the tough love and you know, just the love that he gave me as a person and as a player. Um and just, you know, I'm all time the best coach at Michigan State in Michigan State history and I'm glad I got to be a part of that with him.
1: A hundred percent. And obviously one of those seasons that really sticks out is the 2013 Roseville season. That goes without saying. And the year before, just to refresh people, I know it's not the most fun fact to throw out, but you guys had five losses within four points in 2012. The next year you go to beating every Big Ten opponent by double digits. At what point in the season did you look around and realize like, oh, dang, we actually have something really good here?
2: Uh man. I knew we were really good in training camp just because we had everybody on defense coming back. Gotcha. We just had so much – we had so much capability. And then when we kind of hit our stride with Connor, I would probably say the Iowa game. To go to Iowa and the, the put up the amount of points that we put up and win there, because that's a very tough place to play as our first Big Ten opener, I knew we were a special team.
1: For sure, and also one game that season that sticks out near and dear to the hearts of many state fans like myself and everyone else is the Michigan game where you guys held them to like negative a thousand rushing yards. It seemed like, and yeah. obviously you were a guy on offense. Were you able to see what the defense was doing, or what was that like for you on the sidelines to see what the defense was doing while you guys weren't balling out yourselves? Were you guys able to really notice the dominance, or did it take until like a film room session to realize how bad it really was?
2: Oh uh, no! We noticed we noticed the dominance fr- from from the uh, from pregame meal gotcha. to the end of the game. Uh, we could just see it in their eyes. Um, they were on a mission. We were on a mission to prove a point and help people understand who was a dominant team in the state. Um, and that's the way we played uh, on all si- all three phases of ball. Um, so, you know, that's just one of the great performances, especially defensively. That's one of the best performances I've ever seen from a defense.
1: Probably never going to be matched either, which is, I mean, incredible. Um, if I can just also jump ahead to the Rose Bowl game, too. Whenever I think about that game, I always go back to your 37-yard catch right before halftime as one of the most underrated plays, just because you don't score in that drive, it, it might be a different game. But were there any other plays, either from you or someone else, from that game that you think goes kind of overlooked?
2: Uh, I don't know. That was just, you know, Trey Wayne's interception. That was a great, that was a great play by him. You know, that, Mm -hmm. you know, him taking that ball, it's our overall defensive performance, but Connor, Connor spread the ball around a lot that game. I believe I had 90 plus yards. Tony had 90 plus yards. McGarrett Kings was playing really well. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, Jeremy Lanford. I think that was just That was our solid. That was a solid team performance.
1: 100 percent. And also someone who became an honorary team member speaking of a team. Absolutely iconic. So when did you guys realize he was going to be with you guys a- after the game? And was it as crazy as it really seems from the outsiders that you guys were celebrating with Rich Homie Quan after the game? Or what, what was that like in the locker room for you guys?
2: Uh, that was awesome. It was awesome. <clears throat> it was it was awesome because he was so excited that we won that he like forgot to perform the song. We like, oh, nice. were like waiting for him to perform the song in the locker room and, you know, he just started dancing with us. So we just played the, the, the full version on the speaker. But, uh, you know, it was just an incredible moment, moments that we will never forget.
1: Totally. And speaking of another moment, you're never going to forget. I'm going to assume that you really hadn't forgot about uh, the whole Super Bowl yet. Um, so this <laughs> no. leads me into a question that could possibly be a really dumb question as the Super Bowl is obviously the biggest game. But did playing in a game as big as the Rose Bowl help you at all when it came to like preparing for the Super Bowl? Was there any comparison between how big those games were with your preparation or is the Super Bowl just a completely different animal?
2: Um, you know, playing on a large scale. Um, and you know, uh, being in such a big program at Michigan State and playing in the Rose Bowl, uh, it did prepare me and I was very well trained and, uh, you know, ready for the big moment playing in, uh, against Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship and then Stanford in the Rose Bowl. And, but, uh, no, it doesn't really compare in terms of the media coverage, the attention to detail. Don't get me wrong, the attention to detail is very, very, uh, important when it comes to Michigan State and, you know, when it came to us winning that Rose Bowl. But when you're playing with, you know, the, you know, the NFL is the top of the top athletes. You know, Cam Newton won the MVP that year. You've got guys like Peyton on the field, Von Miller, DeMarcus Ware. You know, DeMarcus Ware had never played in a Super Bowl in his entire 13-, 14-year NFL career at the time. And, you know, you listen to these guys talk, A Key to Lead, you know, you're playing with Demarius Thomas. Emmanuel Sanders, it's just a totally different animal because of, you know, when, when I was playing at Michigan State and playing in the Rose Bowl, you know, I was, you know, one of the main guys along with Connor, Darquez, you know, all the seniors, Shalee Calhoun, you know, who was a young player at the time. Uh, but when you're in the, playing in that Super Bowl, and that was only my second year in the NFL, and you're playing with, you know, legendary Hall of Famers, you know, first ballot Hall of Famers, that's a whole different animal. It's a whole different animal when you walk on the field and you see Kevin Durant, uh, Jay-Z, Beyonce at the pregame. That's just totally different.
1: I literally can't even imagine that. Yeah, that's, that's got to be insane just to, to walk through day in and day out um, going up to yeah. the Super Bowl. And also, I mean, you have obviously have carved out a, a great NFL career for yourself just to be in the league for this one. And I understand right now you're a free agent. Is is that correct?
2: Yep, yep. So, yeah, you know, just uh, Get ready to pick my next team.
1: And just, you know, going along with that too, keeping that hunger, that grind, how are you able to do that? And obviously, especially as a free agent, you're still trying to prove a lot to a lot of teams, not quitting, staying on the grind. How are you able to do that this many years into your NFL career? And how do you get hungry every day?
2: <clears throat> well, being a free agent isn't necessarily a bad thing. I just mean my contract was up with New York. You know, mm-hmm. I played two years in New York, had two great years out there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, to stay on the grind, it's, you know, this is, you know, you can't play football. So, football is not something I could pick up, take a year off and pick up, uh, you know, in a couple of years. So why not put all my effort and time into it right now, into, you know, my plan A, which is to play in the NFL and, and just enjoy it and be around all these great players and, and great guys and learn so much from these people. So, uh, you know, that's just the motivation every single day. And. Um, you know, it's, it's a blessing to be in the NFL for six years, and I plan on playing 10 years.
1: Totally. And I, really, that's all the questions I had for you. Unless there's anything else that you wanted to add, whether it be about the books, the Rose Bowl season, NFL. I mean, four years right now, man, if, if you got anything else uh, you wanted to add here at the end of this.
2: Yeah, just <clears throat> the only thing I wanted to really get into or, you know, let people know is that I am doing public speaking. I'm actually de- developing, trying to develop a curriculum to help people achieve success. You know, seniors going into college. Uh, people graduating college, but uh, I am doing public speaking in the off season, um, putting on workshops, and you know, with my book and helping people on how to achieve success. So, if people want to have me come speak to their schools or their students or their businesses, uh, they can just reach out to me uh, on social media or email me at beansfowler, b e a n s fowler, f o w l e r at gmail dot com and. We can discuss some things, but, I, you know, I want to impact the world um, through public speaking and telling stories, not about myself, but about, you know, the great players that I play with, such as Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Kirk Cousins, just, you know, to name a few of my quarterbacks, Connor Cook, you know. So, um, you know, that's what I'm doing right now in the offseason for spare time, but, uh, you, know, you know, I'm still playing, though.
1: That's awesome, man. It was great watching you just absolutely killed at MSU. And it's even better watching you kill it after, you know, you've left MSU. That's that's really awesome. Um, thank you so much for, for joining me and talking to me about the book, the Rose season, everything like that. And I wish you nothing but the best of luck with the rest of your NFL career and uh, everything with the book, man. So th- thanks a ton, thank Benny. You. I really I appreciate
2: do appreciate
1: you. it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you. Awesome. Well, cool. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks a lot, Ben. I really do appreciate uh, you, you doing this.
2: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. For appreciate sure, man. You. Well, hey,
1: I'm oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: Uh, no, I was just saying, appreciate you.
1: Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, well, hey, I mean, just like I said, uh, best of luck with everything. Um, Definitely excited to pick up the book, and yeah, definitely looking forward to you just killing it the rest of your NFL career, man.
2: Hey, thank you.
0: All right, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Locked on Spartans. We'll be back tomorrow with Darian Harris, former Michigan State linebacker former professional linebacker. Uh, we're going to talk MSU football with him and see how we can get him on the coaching staff Matt, um, Yeah, and we're going to talk more Mel Tucker. We'll see if anything is developed in terms of staff. Uh, and we will squeeze in, try to squeeze in some Michigan State Maryland basketball because there's a pretty big basketball game happening on Saturday too. I don't know what to do with my hands.
1: Uh so likewise but I will know what to do with a thousand beers in front of me on Saturday. So at least I got that uh going for me.
0: Yeah, um the swing in this fan base from violent 19 seconds left against Illinois to this moment right now uh, has been violently upwards it uh, is the, the whiplash insane. is
1: brutal <laughs> but hey here we are we're staying strong baby
0: here we are um thanks so much to everyone for listening all week uh like i said it's been just a great week of shows and we can't thank you enough for tuning in we'll be back tomorrow we hope you tune in with us then matt take us home
1: marrow not only will we offer you one million dollars i'll offer you two years off the tail end of my life all right balls in your court now harbaugh what do you got to say about that all right see you guys